The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 15th chapter. And I'd like you to be seated because I'm going to talk just for a little bit before we get into our reading. So before we get into our reading, just to kind of set the stage, Jesus and his disciples, they're about to enter into Gentile territory. They're Jews, they belong to Israel, but they're now standing on foreign soil. And it's not just that they're standing on foreign soil, but they're in a place and with a people that are not well received by their own people. So they're going to meet a Canaanite woman, and she's immediately someone whom the disciples see as an outsider, someone who's seen outside of God's promises. So she's from the wrong ethnicity, the wrong gender, to be crying out for help to these men who are seemingly more important. And so let's read our gospel. We're going to start at verse 21. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me! Lord, son of David, my daughter is tormented by a demon. But Jesus did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Help him! Help her! Help her, Jesus! Is that what they say? Unfortunately, no. His disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, Well, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. One commentator on this passage asked this great question. Like, how long is the silence that this woman endures from the time she cries for help until Jesus responds? She asked for help, and we read that Jesus did not answer her at all. This is pretty surprising, coming from Jesus. And if we step back from the story for a minute, unfortunately, sometimes that's how prayer works. We ask for guidance. We ask for healing or for insight or for wisdom, and often we wait. And there are so many times where I'm like, come on, Holy Spirit, can you work a little faster, please? You know, like, I know you're going to bring us there, but could you do it now? So I wonder, how long does she wait? Is it a few minutes? Did she follow them around the whole time, their entire Sidon? Probably not, but how long did she wait for Jesus to respond? And what thoughts start to creep into her mind as she waits? What thoughts creep into our own? In the space between our prayers for guidance or for help, and that space until those prayers are answered, it's not always clear what God is doing. As we wait, sometimes we're like, am I listening to the voice of Jesus? Is that what nudging me forward? Or is it just what I want to do? Am I just listening really to my voice or to something else? It's complicated, and sometimes we don't really know until we're through it. I was leading a devotion for a pastor's group I'm a part of earlier this week, and we were reading a passage from Jeremiah. And we have Jeremiah, this prophet sent from God, to proclaim God's word to God's people, and it's a word they don't want to hear. But then there's this other prophet, not sent from God, who's proclaiming a word the people do want to hear. 
And for these people, they hear these two competing voices supposedly from God. How do you know? How do you discern which is the voice from God? It's not always clear. And so we keep praying and hopefully keep in conversation with other people of faith to listen together for how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us. We don't just go it alone as we wait. Now, if we go back to our gospel reading, this woman, too, knows what it is to wait. After we hear that Jesus doesn't answer her cries at all, the disciples come to Jesus, and I pointed out, they don't say, help her. They want to send her away. These disciples are steeped in their own prejudices against her. They don't see her as someone who's important or worthy of their attention. Maybe because she comes from such a different background and all that they've been taught about people from her background, maybe that makes them uncomfortable with her. Or maybe it's just inconvenient, like she keeps interrupting them as she shouts after them for help. So the disciples come not to ask for help, but to ask Jesus to send her away. One person once said that these disciples are described like a band of bullies. And you end up with these two competing voices, these two competing cries to Jesus, this voice of one crying out on behalf of her daughter that's almost drowned out by these guys who think she doesn't deserve it. And then at first, Jesus seems to confirm their views. He's like, well, you're right, I'm sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, only to people like us, like the disciples and him. But she finally kneels before Jesus and says, Lord, help me. And then Jesus still doesn't help. He says, it's not fit for the children's food to be fed to dogs. You're like, did he just compare her to a dog? Maybe not Jesus' finest moment. It's probably one of those moments where I would not go to, what would Jesus do in trying to outline my own actions? Don't do that. We don't really know what Jesus is doing here. But what we do know is she refuses his answer. She is not going to stop advocating for what is needed for her daughter and what is right for her daughter. Of all the followers of Jesus there, the disciples and her, it's her, this outsider, who gets who God is and what God is for. She trusts that even a small crumb, even just a small crumb of his power, is more than enough to save her daughter. And as she kind of mentions the master's table, she kind of pushes the question that shouldn't she get a place at Jesus' table? Last week, we read about the disciple Peter here in worship and about him stepping out of the boat. And Jesus says to Peter, this leader among disciples, Jesus says to him, he's someone of little faith. Here we meet this woman who really shouldn't know who Jesus is and what he's about. And Jesus is astounded. He says to her, great is your faith. And in this encounter, Jesus' mission gets extended farther and wider than it has before. As we read this gospel reading, I wonder where we see ourselves. Where do we relate in this story? At what times have we knelt down like this woman and been in need of mercy and cried, Help me, Lord. Or at what times have we been like her and spoken on behalf of someone else? Or at what times have we stood more like the disciples and been quicker to exclude someone than to include? At times, people, even we who try to be faithful followers of Jesus, at times we're better at building walls between us and those not so much like us than we are at opening doors 
to extend Jesus' grace. When we meet someone whose experience is so different from our own, I think we're often tempted to judge or to condemn. That's kind of our first impulse when we meet someone who just has such a different background than our own. But Jesus sends us out with a job to share his grace. And when we get in those situations, you know, there's so much division in our world, so much conflict, people at such different ends of the spectrum. I wonder if we could be prepared with some questions of curiosity instead of judgment. Like, what if we had questions ready when we meet someone and we get in this conversation where we're a little uncomfortable because they're speaking a little differently than what we believe? What if we had a question ready like, hey, I think I'm coming from a different point of view. Could you share more? Could you give me some background? Like, what led you to believe this? Or what do you believe? And then to just listen, which can be really uncomfortable. And I'm not talking about those times when someone's being mistreated or oppressed. Those are not times to sit back and listen, but those are times to take an example from the woman and stand up and advocate on behalf of someone who needs it. But in those situations where we have this division, this difference of opinion or view, I wonder if there's ways for us to open the door and listen. Somebody once said that where there is disagreement, the Holy Spirit is still speaking. What a positive way to look at that, right? Like where there's disagreement in that space where we're still waiting to hear a clear answer from God, the Holy Spirit is still speaking. In the end, in this gospel story, Jesus comes out on the side of the one who's kneeling, begging for mercy. Jesus listens. He finally welcomes. And with just a word, a crumb of his power, he heals. And his mission gets extended wider. And hopefully this worked a change in his disciples' thinking, too. So when we come across someone who's struggling, whose experience differs from our own, or someone we just can't seem to understand, I think our immediate impulse is to, like, get them at arm's length or cut off the conversation. But I wonder if we might pause in that moment and ask, where would Jesus be? Might we think back to the story and ask, is God calling us to stand against this one like the disciples or to kneel with them, both of us, in need of God's mercy? Might we find ways with the Holy Spirit's power to open doors instead of setting up another boundary between us? Because we might get to know and listen and see what gifts this person has, and we might discover something great, maybe even great faith there. Thank you, God. Amen.